Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. If you're new to this whole world of baby led weaning and starting solid foods, you might still be on the fence as to whether this approach is going to work for you. And if that's the case, I want to send you my free feeding guide called Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby? This is a guide that contains a decision tree map that you can work your way through to determine if this is the right approach for you guys and then when it's time to start. Grab your copy of Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby on my website at babyledweaning.co slash resources. I would say that the New Zealand guidance about baby should have no more than 120 milligrams of sodium per 100 grams serving is probably the most helpful, except that's only holds true if you're actually looking at 100 gram serving sizes, which we don't have in the United States. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. No added sugars and minimize the amount of sodium in the foods that you offer your baby. That's kind of always been the party line in my world, the world of an infant feeding specialist or registered dietitian. But I know for parents, that word minimize ahead of sodium can be really, really frustrating. Added sugar is a no-brainer, right? The American Academy of Pediatrics says zero grams of added sugar, no added sugar for babies until age two. Like it's pretty easy to look on a nutrition facts panel. And if it says added sugar and there's anything except zero grams next to it, don't offer that food to your baby. But what about sodium? I know sodium can be such a sticky point for parents because they're like, it says minimize. And it being just like the general consensus in the world of advice given from credentialed feeding professionals. But like, I know a lot of the parents in the baby led weaning space, like they want to know the numbers, like exactly how many milligrams of sodium can my baby have? So the point of today's episode is I want to take you on a tour of sodium limits for babies around the world. Because I know personally, it's always frustrated me that at least in the United States of America, the United States and Canada share a rather large set of dietary guidelines, a dietary reference intakes, which is these tables that you study in the world of nutrition about how much of X, Y, or Z nutrient you should have for which age and gender group. And then there's upper limits, meaning, okay, for sodium, you shouldn't go above this level or we know there's negative health impacts. Those tables always have like no data across the zero to six month age category and the seven to 12 month age category. And all of the like, quote unquote, great data, even though it's usually not that great, it starts for age one and beyond, except that for the seven to 12 month old babies, they don't just have infant milk anymore. There's real food in their diet. So we can't really use at least in the US, the dietary reference intakes or the DRI tables to guide our choices for when we're looking at foods and nutrition facts panels to say, gosh, is this a food that's good or not good for my baby? So today I want to go, as I mentioned, around the world, kind of picking out some of the different regions and different countries that have different sodium guidelines. And I want to say a special thank you to our intern, Tessa. So we have a dietetic intern, full-time dietetic internship program. Tessa is our fabulous dietetic intern who did all of the research for this episode. 
Because it's easy to say, hey, in the United States, we don't really have any guidelines, but that doesn't mean like, go let your baby eat as much salt as they want, of course. So I'm always interested in what our nutrition colleagues around the world are doing as far as establishing guidelines. So Tessa, thanks for finding all this research for us. And before we get started, I just want to say that in the United States, we do not have any official upper limits for sodium and no official recommendations on quote unquote, how much salt your baby should have. Okay. We know that sodium is important as an electrolyte, right? It's important for keeping your heart beating, for example. So you can't go down to like zero milligrams of sodium and your baby's getting some salt from breast milk or formula. But when you're picking foods, my general rule of thumb, because you're going to listen to this whole thing and be like, ugh, this is even more confusing than I thought it would be. And my goal is not to confuse you, it's just to show you that there's no general consensus around the world. But based on all of the different countries and the data and what we know about infant nutrition, plus that the foods that you're feeding are not the only source of nutrition because your baby's still getting breast milk or formula, my general rule of thumb is that when it comes to introducing a food to a baby or feeding a baby a food, when I'm looking at the nutrition facts panel, I like to see less than 100 milligrams of sodium per serving. And I've said this for years and years and years because the reality is most of the foods that you feed your baby when you're doing baby led weaning don't come out of a package. If they're natural whole foods that are prepared safely, that are not packaged or processed, they will not have added sodium. However, there are some foods that we offer. I'm thinking, for example, I'm just feeding this baby Brayden right now. And for red bell pepper day, I don't have the time to roast and peel the red bell peppers jarred bell peppers that have a little bit of sodium in them that I rinse off is going to be fine for that baby to eat, but I want to minimize the sodium. So I look at the label and I'm always looking for less than 100 milligrams of sodium per serving. That's a good rule of thumb that myself as a mom and a registered dietitian, I feel comfortable with, not to mention that the baby's not going to eat that full adult portion size, right? Because the amount posted on the nutrition facts panel or the food label, that's for an adult portion size and your baby's having like a few licks of it. Okay, we've talked a lot on the podcast and my other content about reducing sodium. Another good rule of thumb that any dietitian worth their salt will tell you that is if you rinse your packaged or processed or canned products underneath the faucet, especially for canned goods, it's thought to reduce the sodium by about 30%, although it's really hard to tell. But that's one way that you can kind of cut the sodium a little bit more. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So general rule of thumb, if you're going to the grocery store, I always say 100 milligrams of sodium or less for that particular food, acknowledging that most of the foods you feed don't even have a package because they're not processed. And then your baby's not even eating that whole serving size. But a uh, little more semantics before we get started on this global tour. Salt and sodium. I know people use the terms interchangeably, but they're not the same thing. So not to get all nerdy dietitian on you, but salt, table salt, like the thing that's in the shaker, okay? People call that salt, all right? That's sodium chloride. It's only 40% sodium, okay? And it's 60% chloride. 
So you cannot use the term salt and sodium interchangeably. So for this episode, we're talking about sodium and sodium is what is listed on the nutrition facts panel. Okay. And I mentioned a hundred milligrams of sodium in a food that I feel comfortable offering to my baby on occasion. And just to give you an idea, a teaspoon of salt, okay, that's about six grams. So it's 6,000 milligrams, a teaspoon of salt, right? There's three teaspoons in a tablespoon if you're out there baking, okay? That's 40% sodium, that's all table salt is. So in a teaspoon of salt, there's 2,325 milligrams of sodium. So 2,325 milligrams. That's 23 times more in that teaspoon than I would recommend in any one portion, okay? And the reality is that most of the sodium in the standard American diet, it does not come from the salt shaker. I used to remember this from my days as an adult weight loss dietitian, and I did a lot of cardiovascular nutrition health too. And people would be like, oh, don't talk to me about sodium, Katie. Like, I don't even use the salt shaker. I was like, but the salt shaker is not the source of most sodium in the US diet. It's packaged, processed, and fast foods. So we don't want to have our babies being introduced to high sodium foods early and often. And it's so cool around the world with the different nutrition guidelines, the reason why they say not to use sodium. And I'm going to include that in this roundup as well. So salt and sodium, not the same thing. We're talking about sodium because table salt is only 40% sodium. Okay. So in the United States, it said a teaspoon of salt has 2,300 milligrams of sodium. The average American eats about 3,400, so 3,400 milligrams. And we know that's too much, cardiovascular disease and stroke. In the United States, our FDA, we have some short-term targets that they always make these funny targets that nobody achieves, and then they just keep making new targets. But for the next two and a half years, the FDA would like to see Americans reduce sodium by 12% down to 3,000 milligrams per day. Okay, and they estimate that this reduction in sodium, if we could get Americans to stop eating 3,400, and this is Americans age one and up, okay? So I'm talking about everyone who's not your baby, basically. 3,400, get it down to 3,000, expected to result in tens of thousands of fewer cases of heart disease and stroke and billions of dollars saved in healthcare costs, okay? So we don't wanna like start your baby out on the wrong path by like pumping them full of sodium. And we know that from adult chronic nutrition studies that a high sodium diets are linked to higher risk of heart disease, stroke, and then huge, huge, huge healthcare costs, okay? We have a lot of, not a lot, but a number of different competing nutrition guidelines in the United States. And they're not competing. They just send out conflicting information, which further confuses Americans. So that target to try to get to 3,000, that's the Food and Drug Administration. But then the other branch of the U.S. government, the dietary guidelines, okay, the dietary guidelines are the set of nutrition rules that both the United States and Canadian nutrition experts get together and they publish it every five years. So the last dietary guidelines for Americans, DGAs, they were published for the 2020 to 2025 period. And they recommend even lower than the FDA. The dietary guidelines say that Americans, age one and up, should have less than or around 2,300, 2,300 milligrams of sodium per day, okay? Now, if you dig deep into the dietary guidelines, the U.S. National Academies, who their scientists are the ones on the panels who help to write the dietary guidelines, for one to three-year-olds, they recommend that they should eat less than 1,500 milligrams, so 1,500 milligrams of sodium, all right? So most adults, that's a lot of numbers, I know. Most adults are eating like around 3,500 milligrams a day. Okay, the FDA says you should get that down to 3,000. The dietary guidelines say adults, you should get that down to 2,300. The dietary guidelines people also say, hey, for one to three-year-olds, we got to make sure that doesn't go above 1,500. And then what do they say for infants? Shocker, there's no data for infants. They just skip over it, okay? So frustrating. They do in this latest round of the dietary guidelines, they made a big deal about how they're making like recommendations for birth to 24 months, but like there's still a huge, huge gap for the six to 11 months, six to seven to 12 month old ranges. And in one part of the dietary guidelines, they do cite what's called the adequate intake level, saying that seven to 12-month-old babies should have around 370 milligrams of sodium a day, okay? However, 
anyone in nutrition knows that the adequate intake level is really like a scientific shot in the dark. It means we do not have enough scientific evidence to set forth what they call an RDA, recommended dietary allowance. So if you don't have the data to set a strong RDA, you pick a like middle of the road adequate intake level. And that's where that 370 milligram number comes from. So if you had to nail down like what's the US saying as far as how much sodium a seven to 12 month old baby should have in one place, they cite the AI, the dietary guidelines, 370 milligrams. But again, acknowledging with a huge asterisk that that's an adequate intake level, which is not necessarily based on very strong evidence. Okay. What about the upper limit? Okay. In the United States, we also publish in our dietary reference intake values, like these huge tables that are in your nutrition textbook. If you're studying nutrition, it says, what's the upper limit? Meaning if you eat too much of any of these nutrients, you know, vitamins or minerals or other compounds in foods, they could be potentially harmful or toxic. There's no upper limit for sodium. Okay. The dietary guidelines for sodium and potassium were revised in 2019. And again, for infants, there's no data. So there's definitely in the citations, if you go deep into the literature, evidence of infants being harmed and killed from very high levels of sodium, very, very few incidents of these kind of freak situations. But the point is you can't pump your baby full of salt and you're unlikely to achieve that from food. We're talking usually about supplements. So like for whatever reason, your infant got into a bunch of supplements that had a very high sodium content, it could potentially be toxic. Okay. But from a food-based standpoint, there's no upper limit of sodium for babies. So that's the United States, a lot of gray area, maybe an adequate intake level of infants should have around 370 milligrams of sodium a day. And then you have parents who start calculating like how much sodium is in the breast milk and the formula. Like, oh my gosh, that's even more than 370. The point is we don't have very good data based in the United States, at least, or what our nutrition professionals are interpreting to say there's any, at the end of the day, there is no data about sodium for your infant. They don't set an upper limit. They don't really have a good idea of how much they need. They don't say this is how much you should aim for or not go below. Really not a lot of data. So you're kind of left to your own. So when they say things like minimize sodium, there's no real numerical guidance there. So what about in the United Kingdom? In the United Kingdom, the National Health Service or the NHS guidelines say less than 400 milligrams of sodium per day for six to 12 month olds. Okay, and then for one to three year olds, less than 800 milligrams a day. So they make it kind of nice and simple. Okay, Um, that's still quite a low amount. And if you're infant is inclined to having any processed or packaged snack foods, they're certainly going to be surpassing that. So just another reason to kind of encourage more wholesome foods and not packaged processed snacks for babies, because that tends to be the higher source of sodium. So UK, 400 milligrams of sodium per day for six to 12 month old. In the European Union, okay, their food safety organization says that for infants seven to 11 months, they cite an adequate intake level of 200 milligrams. So 200 for the EU, 400 for the UK, 370 for the United States. You can see this is not very much salt. And if we're working on, gosh, looking for less than 100 milligrams of sodium in a packaged food product, you realize there's not a lot of room in your baby's diet for packaged and processed foods because you'll easily surpass these limits. Besides baby-led weaning, what other type of podcasts do you like to listen to? Well, if you're into true crime and you also dig traveling, I want to tell you about a new podcast you are going to love. The new podcast is called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that all take place on vacation. So the show is hosted by a true crime fanatic and her comedy writer husband, and he has a TV producing partner. So Slaycation brings a totally unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, what the heck stories of vacations gone horribly wrong from the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, their two recently engaged lovebirds, whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended up underwater. Every episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? 
But it's not just the stories that will intrigue you. I think you're going to love the discussion between the longtime married couple and the business partners. They also happen to be an Emmy-nominated TV producers. Every episode of Slaycation also includes humor and takeaway and travel tips that are going to keep your next family vacation from becoming your last. So if you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. How about in Canada? Okay. For six to 24 month olds, the recommendations is prepare foods with little or no added salt. So that's from Nutrition for Healthy Term Infants from the government of Canada. Okay. And there's another citation elsewhere from the Canadian Pediatric Society talking about the adequate intake level for six to 12 months saying 370 milligrams a day. And that's the same as the US. You'll note there's a lot of overlap between US and Canadian guidelines. A lot of the researchers work together and co-publish those guidelines. Now, I like that in the Canadian guidance, they add a little bit more perspective, saying that saltiness is a defining human taste. At birth, human infants are either insensitive or indifferent to salty taste. The development of a preference for salt may begin in infancy. Dietary exposure to sodium in early life may contribute to a preference for a salty taste in the preschool years. And then you can surmise it goes so on and so forth, right? And so if we're inclined to be eating only salty foods, think about the quality of those foods that tend to be packaged and processed in fast foods. So again, if we're setting our baby's stage for their lifelong relationship with food, it's best to avoid excessive saltiness because then we're setting them up to like foods that are generally less healthful. In Australia, the recommendation is do not add salt to food for infants. This is an important safety issue as infant kidneys are immature and unable to excrete excess salt. So if you know anyone who has kidney disease or has been on kidney dialysis, they have to severely limit a number of different minerals, potassium, phosphorus, and sodium. Okay, your kidneys are what process the minerals in the foods that we eat. Okay, and so we don't want to overdo it while our baby's kidneys are still developing. And in Australia, they have an adequate intake level. Again, just kind of a scientific shot in the dark where they say it's 120 milligrams for seven to 12 month old babies. Okay, and that's very, very, very challenging, quite a very low level. And Australia also does not have an upper limit, meaning they do not have the research or the evidence to set the higher limit above which you do not want to go for babies. Okay, we just don't know at what level this could be potentially toxic. And sometimes it might be frustrating when you listen to kind of summaries of nutrition research and be like, dude, they don't know anything. And the reality is it's not ethical to design a study whereby you would randomize one group of babies to get 120 milligrams of sodium a day and then another one to get 12,000 and just see what happens, right? Okay, so a lot of this is extrapolation data based on, okay, if we breastfeed a baby from zero to six months of age and we know that breast milk has 100% of the nutrition that that baby needs, then as we're kind of anticipating how they grow and we're adding in solid foods, they're kind of guessing at a lot of these numbers. In New Zealand, the recommendation is when preparing food for your baby or toddler, do not add salt or sugar. So we say minimize sodium and do not add sugar. New Zealand comes right out and says, do not add salt. It says, if using commercially prepared foods, choose those that are low in salt, parentheses, sodium, and with no added sugar. Now, I like this. They go into a little bit more numerical detail. Commercially produced baby foods contain restricted levels of sodium to ensure they are appropriate for babies. Should be no more than 120 milligrams of sodium per 100 grams. And that's from the Healthy Eating Guidelines for New Zealand for babies and toddlers zero to two years old. And I want to say that part again. For the packaged foods, they come right out and say no more than 120 milligrams of sodium per 100 grams of food. The problem with this, if you're in the United States, is that our portion sizes are not listed in a 100 gram 
portions. It tend, the rest of the world tends to do 100-gram portions. In the United States, we let manufacturers pick the serving size. Oh, a half of a cup of ice cream is a serving size? You guys know you eat way more than a half of a cup of serving of ice cream, right? So one brand could have a serving size be a half a cup. Another brand could have it be a cup. You would have to like literally do the math to get it to the 100-gram portion. But if for whatever reason the label you're looking at is listed in the 100 grams, New Zealand would say less than 120 milligrams of sodium per that 100-gram portion would be appropriate. In Singapore, the recommendation is do not add sugar, salt, and seasonings into the food. And then they give examples, especially for seasoning, soy sauce and chicken powder. It says salt cannot be added to baby's food until after 12 months as the kidneys may not be able to excrete the high salt load. So again, not so much a mention of taste preference in the development of cardiovascular disease, but rather here, we're looking again at the potential for kidney problems with excessive amounts of sodium. Okay, and then the Singapore one, I know this is translated into English. It says, any more than this and their kidneys may not be able to cope, which I think is a nice way to put it. All right, so looking around the world, summarizing, there's no real hard and fast data across the board. I would say that New Zealand with 120 milligrams of sodium per 100 grams serving size is probably the most useful, but only if your portion sizes are listed in 100 grams, which in the United States, they are not. So even after kind of touring all around the world and putting this all together, I still stand by my recommendation that your best bet is when you're looking at your nutrition facts panel, look for less than 100 milligrams of sodium in the portion size that you're going to offer your baby. Keeping in mind that most of the foods that we offer our kids should not have labels on them because they shouldn't come from packages because they shouldn't be processed. But in real life, we sometimes feed our babies certain types of convenience foods. Keep the sodium as low as you can go. It helps preserve their kidney health. It also helps set the stage so that they're not overly preferring salty foods, which as we know, tend to be less nutritious. I've got a lot more content about sodium on the podcast. I'm going to just put my previous sodium episodes in the show notes here, and then also link them up online at blwpodcast.com slash 253. That's where the online show notes for this episode are listed. And I'll link to all of that other sodium content there because I know we have a lot of healthcare professionals who listen and dietitians. And if you want the source documents for each of these countries and their sodium recommendations, I will put them there. And Tessa, thank you again, our lovely intern, for finding all of this data for us. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode about sodium limits for babies around the world. 